Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, March 20th, 2019, and I'm Steve Peasley. And I thank you very much for joining me, as we do every day at this time, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And of course, this show is driven by your calls. So not only must you join me, but you got to make some phone calls and ask questions. Any financial questions, we'll deal with. Any financial questions. Now, here on KPP, uh, here in Talk and KPP Financial, you know, we had that one philosophy I mentioned pretty much daily, independent thinking and shared success. And this is good for listeners and clients and for myself. Remember, I buy the same thing for myself as I do for all my clients. Uh, I really believe I should put my money where my mouth is. As a matter of fact, I think every registered investment advisor should do that, but they don't. Just not something they ever want to do. And, of course, our goal for all of us is that kind of hard-to-reach financial freedom number. And that number for you, whatever amount of money that is, is different for everybody. I mean, I, I can't tell you where it is. I mean, if you lived in the Midwest, it's not it's not going to be nearly as high as it is for us people out here in California because our expenses are so much higher. So it depends on you. Now, today, at this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you get to that financial freedom goal, and that means answering questions. That means you have to participate. That means I'm going to talk about things that I think are interesting and important to talk about, but, you know, you drive the show. You, the listener, with your phone calls. So you may call now. Now It's open. We call it the listener line number, and it's live, 888-99-CHART. Yesterday, I talked about FedEx, and they did come out with those weaker-than-expected numbers, and it did fall about 5 or 6% on open today. And it, the, the, the problem, as I pointed out yesterday, is not the FedEx itself, but Federal Express delivers packages worldwide. And if their business is slowing, does that mean the world economy is slowing? And that's a problem. Now, we know the IMF, International Monetary Fund, has had downgraded growth for the world. So, you know, this this issue with the trade barriers between countries, China and us, that 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 is part of the problem. Part of the problem. We'll see. Now, we all know digital streaming has been taken off and is growing very, very fast. Uh, but it can get very confusing for you, the user uh, at home. Why? Because... You know, we we everybody's trying. Everybody's been cutting the cable and using different digital services. Netflix is the most common and the the the, uh, the best known uh, digital streaming service. But there's going to be a lot more Disney and just a lot more from all kinds of different services. And what that means is you might find something that you have something on Disney you want to watch, but if you don't have the download streaming the download from Disney Disney's uh, uh, cable, you're not going to see it. You only get Netflix, and maybe Netflix is not going to have all the things. So now you have to buy one, two, or three, or four different streaming packages from different companies, and then you got to keep track of them. 
that's what that that's what's going to happen, and that may not be something you, the consumer, wants. So it's going to be difficult. I think we're going to get you know it's no longer be this cable or satellite. You're going to have a lot more choices. Having a lot more choices is fine, but it's more difficult for you, the end user. Okay, remember last month we only produced about 20,000 jobs? Remember that? There's been a new survey that found going forward many more new jobs are expected. Job placement for Manpower says its outlook shows growth across all 50 states. And to achieve job growth in any particular, there must be you know the right technology base and there's got to be available people and right skills and... There's got to be affordable transportation, all kinds of things. So they did a survey to figure out what what bless, what are the best job locations, cities in the country. And they are Greenboro, North Carolina, Denver, Colorado, Indianapolis, Indiana, Sacramento, California, and Albany, New York. Okay, I think I can go to, I probably can handle Green uh, North Carolina, maybe Denver. I would not want to go to Sacramento. Don't want to go there. Too hot. Summertime. Overall, the leading states poised for job growth are Indiana, Maine, Alaska, Colorado, Kansas, North Carolina, you know, and plus these others. So there's, there's job growth is going to pick up. The 20,000 number may be just a one-month kind of thing. We'll know, the, we'll know that pretty soon, won't we? There's always lots of news, everybody. Also, lots of financial news. And today's no different. But why don't we go ahead and grab a call? Here's John from Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I ask you about Bayer. <laughs> Bear the Aspen Bear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's pull that up. Okay. Let's pull a chart, too. I want to get the chart. Symbol, everybody, is B A Y. R-Y, B-A-Y-R-Y. It's out of Germany, okay? A German group that produces pharmaceutical, medical products, um, crop protection products. And the company itself, uh, that's big. It's a $62 billion company. And they are growing their earnings. They've been very consistent here in the last five or six years. Uh, $1.93 this year is after being $1.71 last year. That's the estimate, $1.93. Next year, another to $2.19, and it's a $17 stock. So that tells you that it's under 9 and that's the lowest it's been in five years. That's its lowest of its range, 9 to 20 is a PE range. So going forward, the PE range is going to be right at its lowest. Huge cash flow at $10.13. Pretty darn good dividend yield, 3.2. Not the best, but pretty good. They could afford more if they wanted to, um, but I guess they don't want to. Um, looking at the debt, there's you know I can't I'm not getting my number for that, so I'm not sure about that. They're only trading at 1.5 times book value. We don't talk about the book value very often here, but that's fairly low in this modern era, and sales growth has taken off. So, John, I would say this would be a good uh, a good core holding, and it's come down to right around. Okay, well, that's not the right stock. And I typed it in, but it didn't pull up. B A Y R Y. There it is. Oh, it had a big down day today. What happened? Do you know, John? Uh, yes. Uh, 
there's a legal action. Jury finding. Uh, yeah. 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 Jury found something wrong know. with bears. Roundup. Oh, it's the roundup uh, that stuff outside. Okay, I think this might be an uh, an opportunity unless that roundup is causing deaths or something. I'm not sure how bad it is. They're saying it's causing cancer. Hmm. No proof. No proof. Roundup causes cancer. Hmm. So the jury found them guilty of the weed killer roundup causing cancer, but there's no proof of that causing cancer. It's just emotional decision to, to find them guilty. And that's not unusual for big companies. So there's where your big danger is, is uh, coming from those lawsuits. But as far as value, it's very, very inexpensive. So, John, I kind of like it yeah. as a stock. Oh, take care. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. That's Bayer, B-A-Y-R-Y. So you have to worry about that that jury decision. Is that going to take off? There's going to be a lot more people that are going to be successful suing them. But I guarantee you, they're not going to let it stand. If there's no big evidence of that, they're not going to let that stand. They're going to appeal it. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is the Mess Talk, everybody. We've had several email messages from listeners who have noted that our audio stream is affected by intermittent breakups or distortion. And this is a technical issue. AT&T has traced the problem, and we're installing new equipment to address it. So we hope the auto is cleaned up very soon. We thought we might have had it done before the show today, but we had a little problem. So please bear with us. Please bear with me. I appreciate it. We're live, 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place. Invest Talk. And Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, that's our phone number. Time to give us a call, ask any questions you want. Our main talking point today, will Amazon business to business B2B unit that uh, drive future growth? And it, it could be even bigger than their current uh, uh, consumer business that they have that's huge. So that's going to be our main talking point. B2B e-commerce going forward for Amazon. Some of the other things we want to talk about. We're going to talk about the Fed. The Fed met for two days and they came out with what they, they of course, they didn't raise rates, but we'll talk about what they're saying, what the Powell, Chairman Powell is talking about. Kind of interesting, I thought. CEOs are worried about a recession. It's really interesting. It's kind of uh, directly opposed, diametrically opposed to what most everybody else is saying. CEOs are acting like a recession's coming. Hmm. We'll talk about that. And um, did you notice that uh, the new big move to uh, the big class action lawsuits against realtors? The same group of lawyers that sued Big Tobacco for, I don't know, a couple of decades or more than that, longer than that, are now suing realtors over their 6% fee. They're calling it a organic monopoly. Organic monopoly. I'm not sure what that means. I guess they're going to define it, aren't they? So they've been suing everybody. Love, don't just love attorneys. 
They're just suing everybody. You know, anybody in the real estate business that they can find that has big, deep pockets. Those are things we'll discuss every today, everybody. The market itself, uh, the Dow was down 141 points, and the NASDAQ was up five, and the S&P down eight. So it's kind of interesting that the Fed comes out being even more dovish on interest rates, and the market just doesn't care. Sold off today. So that tells you that the market's no longer reacting to anything dovish coming out of the Federal Reserve. They don't care about that anymore. They're not worried about it. They're not concerned that they're going to raise rates. So uh, they're not acting, reacting to it one way or another. So what is the market reacting to? That's interesting. If there's nothing for it to react to, markets usually tend to fall. They don't fall fast. They just kind of, you know, meander downward because there's nothing positive. You've got to have a catalyst of some kind, whether it's growth in earnings, in, uh, in increase in uh, GDP, or, you know, with now currently trade talks. We still have that Brexit problem that no one talks about anymore, but it's still there. Um, so there's issues out there. And world economies still slowing. We don't have any hint yet that they are turned around. So I'm sure they will soon. They're not going to go down forever and because remember you gotta remember the u.s economy is still growing the chinese economy is still growing chinese economy is growing much slower than it was but it's still growing and uh you know we are the two big dogs of the world remember the u.s economy is like 20 trillion and china's like 14 trillion and the rest of the countries the big countries even are like five japan germany yeah, they're big countries, but they're still not very big compared to us. And the two biggest are still growing. So until that changes, we, we're the big dog wagging the tails of the, all the other economies. So that's kind of uh, how things work. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance, as you know. And, of course, we have that software. So the t- first step you should take is go to our website and call take the and that's investtalk.com investtalk.com with two t's and take the free risk questionnaire this riskalyze we call it the free risk questionnaire it's very simple very quick now i'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART This is Invest Talk, and March is moving fast. Now more than ever, you still need unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I've been listening to the podcast for not very long, about three months now, and I really appreciate what you guys do. but. I have about $10,000 that I've just put into a high-yield savings account with CIT Bank. says it will earn approximately 2.45% APR. And I just want to know what your thoughts are on that percentage and on high-yield savings accounts and um, if you think that was the right move. It's money that I want to have accessible sort of like an emergency fund so 
I will listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Well, a savings account at a bank is, of course, FDIC insured. So your money is never in danger. It's a pretty safe uh, safe um, place to put money in a savings account. High yield just telling you that it's paying a, a, a decent decent yield. A high yield in the normals, high yield generally means junk bonds, okay, in the normal investment parlance. But in this case, it's savings account with a high yield savings account is just the means that it's paying a high yield and it's FDIC insured. So there's nothing wrong with that to park money for the time being. But if you're young, that's not going to make you a lot of money over long term. At some point, you want to get that money invested. And of course, the best time to invest any money is in a recession, into the market anyways, into the stock market. And that's when everybody doesn't want to do it because they're scared because the prices have fallen so far. So, but that is the best time to buy in a recession. I wish I could talk people into doing that. It's very difficult sometimes. So, no, you're, you're fine. That's a good place to park money and make a little money. You're making more than inflation at this point. And so there's nothing wrong with it. But that's not a long-term investment. Okay. Let's go to Alala in the Bay Area, buying and selling. How you doing, Alala? I'm doing well. Hey, Steve. Uh, I have a quick question for you. When you guys uh, take calls or questions, uh, you and Justin, mm-hmm. you ask, do you want to buy it? Do you want to sell it? Or uh, And so my question is, what does it matter? Uh, does it matter if you want to buy it or if you want to sell it, uh, whether uh, what the recommendation is on the stock? Um, I know you shouldn't buy and sell. Like uh, You shouldn't trade very often. Investing it on the long, for the long run is, is usually better, have, have, have better yields, and you'll avoid fees. Uh, but just from a fundamental standpoint, it doesn't matter if you want to buy or sell a stock. Well, not really uh, from a fundamental point of view. It really, uh, we don't have to ask that question. Uh, but we're asking that question when we're looking at a chart because that may make a, a difference. See, a chart is, is very helpful in knowing when to buy and when to sell something, whereas fundamentals don't really tell you that much about when to buy and sell and whether it's a good time to do it right now. Fundamentals tell you about the strength of the company or the weakness of the company, and they could, you know, there's not, a, you know, there could be pointing to weakness in the future. So it would be helpful if you own it or if, you, or if you're trying to buy it because we would tell you like, well, in the future, it doesn't look as strong. Maybe you should not be buying it. If you own it, we may tell you it looks like it's a good time to sell it because the fundamentals are weakening. But generally, we ask that question because of the chart. You know, is it a good buy point or is it a good sell point on a chart? And that's why we ask the question. Um, uh, and it's pretty routine. I don't have to know it. I mean, I could still take a look at it fundamentally and be the same answer. But, you know, we'd like to answer the question the person is asking. Many times you are, they ask because they either are want to buy it or want to sell it. I mean, that's why they're asking. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Let's go to um, Tarek in Boston. How you doing, Tarek? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I had a quick question about UUP, uh, the Invesco Bullish uh, Dollar ETF. I actually learned about it from you, so thanks again for pointing that out. Uh, Obviously, you noticed it took a dive today, and given uh, how the uh, market's reaction to the Fed, I was wondering 
Do you think, uh, do you see further decline in the dollar this year? Or, I mean, generally speaking, where do you think this is going to go? Yeah, I think the dollar is going to weaken this year. This is not going to be a strong year for the dollar, in my opinion. Uh, now, having said that, it's probably pretty darn close where it started the year is where it is now. So it hasn't really weakened. It had a little bit of weakness in the first month of the year. Then it, then the second month in February, it went up and peaked about the oh, first week of March. It peaked, and now it's fallen off again. So I, I think this is uh, going to be the year where the dollar does not – last year it just kept going up. But this year I don't think so. Therefore, what works, Tarek, when the dollar falls? Do you know? Uh, gold, as you pointed out last time. Yes. Yeah. Gold works very nicely. Yeah. If the, if my, but I got to be right, kid. Now I might be wrong, right? <laughs> but I got to be yeah, right. Yeah, of course. So far, gold, gold has done pretty darn well so far this year. So I, I think, and look at what gold did today. It went up because the dollar went down. So it tells you it's a pretty good match. So you, everybody out there, you have to decide why would the dollar go down? Well, simply because it's really, really, really strong, and the Fed's not going to raise rates probably anymore, and it just is, you know, it probably goes sideways or down for the year. Hopefully, after uh, the China deal and the European starts to, rec Europe starts to recover, the dollar will probably fall in relationships, and that means gold will probably go up. Appreciate the call, Terry. On the next Invest Talk, will Amazon Business, on the, not the next Invest oh. We're going to talk about that here shortly. 888-99-CHART is my number. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y charts. This is Invest Talk, the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays 
provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Okay, a main talking point is the new uh, growth engine, at least that's the uh, expectation for Amazon, which is the B2B business. Uh, um, remember, they're the king of you know uh, consumer business, and they've been, they're still growing that business. It's not like it's shrinking. But the B2B business, which they're just starting to get into, is going to be like $1.4 trillion dollars by 2021. Okay, that's not very far away. And that is double their current business at $761 billion in e-commerce, you know, you and me. So that, that's going to be the next big growth engine. That's the expectation to be the next big growth engine. But it's not as simple as uh, the e-commerce businesses to cut consumers. It's not that simple. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult, but I I have my I have faith in Amazon to be able to be able to master that. So that's the area I think you need to watch for growth for Amazon. That's where the growth will come from. That means they can even get larger. And as they get larger, we know they're going to attract. You know they're going to attract government scrutiny. You know that monopolistic behavior. That's what they're going to be looking at. And so you just got to be aware of it. That's all. Just bear it. I don't think that should frighten you because who knows when that will happen. And, and if it does, you know, what they'll have to do is they'll have to spin off some of the businesses off to other companies in which you will own shares of them. If you own uh, owned Amazon, you'll just get shares of the other company. It might be a win-win situation. Okay, so that's what's going on with Amazon. And I kind of like the move. I think that's a good good place for them to move. I mean, it's it's kind of a natural outgrowth of their e-commerce business. I like that. Let's go to Shandu in Phoenix. How you doing, Shandu? Hi, Steve. I'm doing good. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you. I have a question regarding Nutanix, N-T-N-X symbol. It's a cloud-based company. Uh I bought the stock at 33. It went all the way up to Fifties um, and then dropped to lower thirties again, and today it went up like six percent. I want to hear your thoughts on whether it's a good stock to buy more or hold them or sell the stock right now. Well, let me tell you about. The, I'll tell you the goods and then the bad part of this company. This is Nutanix Inc. Class A shares. NTNX is the symbol. It's out of San Jose. Provides inter- enterprise cloud platform that converges server virtualization storage into one integrated solution. The they're growing their sales at a pretty decent pace. Seventeen percent the last quarter. Fourteen uh, percent the quarter before that. Twenty percent the quarter before that. 40% before that. It was much higher a year ago than it is today. The growth rate was. So the growth is starting to slow. My problem with the companies, they don't make money and they're going to lose more money this year, almost twice as much this year than they lost last year. And then another, lose another two, that's $1.47. They're going to lose $1.47 this year after losing $0.62 cents last year. And next year, they're going to supposed to lose $1.49. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
I don't like to buy companies that don't make money. So I would tell you not to buy more, not to buy more because of that. Now, they had a big update today. It was up almost, what, uh, 3% today, up about 8% for the week. So it's coming way back. But it fell from $50 down to you know, $35 in just one day. In the beginning of March, so that it's too scary for me. I would not buy more because it doesn't make money. You know how I feel about John Do, and for everybody else, when a company doesn't make money, I don't like to own them. Appreciate the call, Sean Do. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. NTNX, everybody. There are cloud-based companies and platforms that actually make money and growing faster. So you know, this is not this would not be something on my buy list. There, nothing's not much is on my buy list if they don't make that if they don't make money they don't reach my buy list they don't reach my watch list I filter them out it's rare that I'll buy a company that doesn't make money it's just not in my DNA to do so so the Dow is down 141 today the Nasdaq up five and the S&P down eight despite the Federal Reserve saying they're going to stress patience, kind of signaling that they're not going to raise rates. They got more dovish for the year. You would think that would be positive for the stock market, but not anymore. Inflation is flat. Do you realize that inflation has been flat for a while? When I say flat, just not growing. For the last 26 years or so, inflation has been well below the 3% average it was before a quarter century. And to be honest, I think the Fed has no idea where future inflation is growing. Going, they th- all last year they thought it was going to increase because it kept increasing rates, and they kept saying it was. I don't know if they were saying it was because they wanted an excuse to inflate rate, but there was no inflation really. Now, do you remember in the 1970s? Okay, remember, I remember in the 70s. I was just starting in the business world. Um, inflation was double digits. And so we had an average inflation rate of 3%, but for the last 26 years, we haven't seen that 3% at all. So, and the PCE, which is the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation gauge, is 1.9% in December, and their target is 2 They want 2%. So, it's not, there is no inflation. And the Fed meeting said, we're not raising rates, and we've got to be more, they kind of indicated that they're going to have a lot more patience in the future, and that maybe they're not going to raise rates. And why didn't the market move up because of that? Hmm. You shouldn't be asking, asking yourself that question. Why didn't it move up? Usually that's a pretty positive thing if they got more dovish. Everybody expected them to raise their rates maybe one or two times this year. Now, now that looks in pretty big jeopardy. That doesn't look like that's going to happen. Hmm. Something to think about. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm happy to say that I will be returning to San Jose again. As you know, I'm up there almost every week. Well, because of the holidays and the Easter, you know, break. I have trouble finding day in April. So May 1st is the first I'm going to be back. That's a Wednesday, May 1st, back in San Jose. And of course, you get a no-cost portfolio review and consultation advice about anything financial. So I encourage you to register now. We had it full up. It fills up almost every month. But right now, there's no, no one slated. Not yet. So this is a great time to call and set and reserve your time. Okay, so please do that. Um, 
you know, I actually sit down with you and, and we just look at your assets together. And I try to give you guidance, even if I'm not going to be your client, you're not going to be my client. That's okay. We're all shooting for that financial freedom goal. I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California, to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Conrad in Phoenix. How are you doing, Conrad? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. How are you? I am doing great. I appreciate your call, and thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Yeah, love the show. Just started listening to it a few months back. It's been super helpful. Um, I actually had a question good. for you about Clearway Energy, C-W-E-N-A. Um, it was kind of, I was starting to explore in the stock market myself, and I went off Schwab's rating system, which I haven't done since. Um, and they had this stock as the stock to buy, so I said, oh, I'll try it that way compared to the normal way where I kind of looked for dips and, and read charts from what I learned from my dad. Um, I bought it at mm-hmm. 16 and a quarter, and it's just only been going down and down and down and down. Uh, it does have a nice dividend, but I wasn't sure, do I just get out at this point since it's down in an up market, or is this just going to keep holding and I'll keep taking my dividend? Okay, well, let's see what we got. We got Clear, Clearway Energy, Inc. It is a $2.7 billion company, so it's a small cap company. Operates, owns, and acquires contracted renewable and conventional generation thermal infrastructure assets. Um, it doesn't have much growth. It's kind of flat on the growth, so you're not buying it for the growth. And for a small company, that's kind of a concern because you would think it would be growing. It should be growing. Earnings are going to be pretty good, though. This year, they're supposed to be a dollar eight from forty-eight cents last year, forty-six cents last year. But next year, it's going to be only a dollar. So it's it's a thirteen dollar ninety-nine stocks, and it says it's paying eight percent dividend. Okay, well, eight percent dividend is uh, you know, is that doable? With a dollar, making a dollar share? Well, I guess it can be done. Cash flow is huge. $13.68. So I'm not feeling that they are able to do that. So if you bought this for the dividend and not for the price appreciation, you're probably going to be okay. It looks like they have enough cash flow to do it, even though the company's not growing. I hate to sell a stock when it's at the bottom. And that's what it looks like to me, you know, uh, right near a bottom. So, yeah, I think I would hold on to it personally. 
I really think I'd hold on to it because this is most likely the lows of this stock. And so I'm gonna I would hold on to it for that dividend. If that's the reason why you bought it. Is that why you bought it, Conrad, for the dividend? Well yeah, I I was kind of looking for more of a steady income. This is money that I put away for my house that I want to buy here in the, in the next few years and I didn't want it sitting in a bank account. So I figured steady income mm -hmm. from that and I wouldn't like to sell it at the bottom either. So I thought that I was leaning towards holding it, but I remember you said, "Hey, if they're not performing in an up market, what are they going to do in a down market?" So that kind of what exactly a little bit. Yeah, but this is this is a little bit of a different kind of stock, though. It, you know, it doesn't. You know, you would it would it would not necessarily go up or down. It's kind of an anti-cyclical kind of thing, simply because it's making it owns and operates and contract renewable and conventional generation of thermal infrastructure assets. So I'm thinking that no matter what happened, that's not necessarily a cyclical thing. I'd have to take a look at it closer, see what it does. But you know, the dividend is eight percent, and you know, the stock fluctuates between what thirteen and twenty. And here it is at thirteen ninety nine, so I think you're a lot closer to the bottom. And I think, I think you'll have a recovery. And I would do, I would sell it then, if that's your in your mind, on the recovery. So it doesn't have much growth prospects. So I think it's just going to be based on that dividend and when people like it or don't like it. Appreciate the call, Conrad. Thank you for the call. Okay, uh, CEOs are worried about a recession. How do we know that? Well. You look, listen to their their most recent. We just finished their earnings uh, earnings uh, season, right? About a couple, three, four weeks ago, and all those announcements they made, they were pretty. Most of them were not very positive, and right now they're acting like they're preparing for the next recession. A lot of them, not all of them, of course, not all of them. I'm just take, talking about generalities here. They're making decisions that kind of hint that they're hunkering down. Uh, you know, uh, the, the economy is still growing nicely, and you would think that they'd be, a, you know, spenders and out there and talking about great things, looking for employees they can't find, all, all those things you think you're going to hear, and they're not nearly as positive as you would think they would be. They're most likely, they are talking down the economy. Now, I don't know how they're doing that in light of the fact that the economy is growing pretty good. I don't know if it's just because they had a bad fourth quarter last year, you know, and a not so great first quarter, but it's still growing. We're still growing. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're reacting to the Brexit and maybe they're reacting to the Chinese problems. Maybe they're acting by the world economy shrinking like the FedEx, or maybe they're justified and being nervous. Don't know. I can't tell you for sure, but and when I, I you, you look for different signals to try to tell you if the economy is going to get continue to be robust or not, and we're getting some mixed signals out there. So what's it going to be? I wish I knew. There's no crystal ball in this business. You stay with the market. Yeah, you know, maybe rebalance and take some profits off the table, and don't be in a rush to reinvest, especially at this as we made a big recovery. Uh, and, and, you know, just stay calm. It's the best advice I can give you. Stay calm. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk. 
We're quickly heading into the finish line. Only got about 10 minutes left. Time to get your call in if you want to talk to me. Get your questions. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a denser market offers the chance to grow sales more quickly. Several reasons why businesses should know where their densest markets are. That story tomorrow. And now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. He wants to talk about Federal Express which had a bad day today. How you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm good. How you doing, Steve? Good, good. What about Federal Express? Uh, well, first I want to thank your show. I really appreciate it. And um, for uh, FedEx, uh, take a symbol FDX. What do you, what's your take on this? How, do you think, uh, I think they hit the bottom. They've been going up, but they got hit today. So, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, okay. I like Federal Express as a company, as a big blue chip company to hold it in your portfolio. It is a cyclical company. And, Chris, what that means is in an economic downturn, the stock will fall. Economic upturn, it will grow, go up. But I think it's gotten to a pretty good value at this point. I mean, they're going to, you know, they announced earnings last night. And they, they announced... Uh, uh, slow, slower growth going forward, and they said it's going to cost them more than they thought—one and a half billion dollars—to absorb the 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 company they bought in Europe, one of their competitors. So all those things were negative. But what's the positive of that? Well, if you're paying attention, yeah, growth was slower, but they're still growing, uh, and growth is going to be slower going forward, but it's still growing. So, what's the PE ratio? What's the price sales? What are those? You know, the the numbers still look pretty darn good. They're going to make fifteen dollars and ninety seven cents this year. That's up four percent from last year, and then next year they're going to go up another twelve percent. That's the projections, anyways, to seventeen ninety three, and it's a hundred seventy five dollar stock. So it's going to be below ten. It's going to be a nine PE based on next year's earnings. Growth is in sales was only 3% this quarter. Last quarter was 9%. The quarter before that was 11. The quarter before that was 10. It's usually in its high single digits is their growth rate. Now they're in the low single digits. So is it worth it? Well, they bottomed in, in December at 100 and what, 55, 52, 152 or so. Uh, I'm thinking that that's the bottom. And now it's 175, and they were down 5%. I, I, to be honest, Chris, I think this is, I would wait a few more days, but I think this is a buying opportunity for FedEx. I really do. Unless you feel they're going into recession. I don't feel we're going into one right this minute, but I think it might be a buying opportunity. FD, FDX, everybody, FedEx. Bill in Northern California. How you doing, Bill? Hey, Steve. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Um yeah, uh, B&G Foods, I remember you used to talk about it. You, you guys said you used to own it in your portfolios. Um, do you still have yeah. this? And and what do you think about it? It's such a good dividend payer. We do have it in a couple of our accounts because of that dividend. 
And it's a really financially solid company. B&G Foods, everybody manufactures shelf-stable food products such as jellies and hot sauces sold in the U.S. It's a $1.6 billion company. They're making $1.92, and it's a $24 stock. So it tells you it's about a 12, 13 PE going forward, and they pay 7.8%, and that looks pretty secure. They're not paying a huge amount of their income in the form of a dividend. So what percentage? Know, you, what mean, percentage of their uh, of their profits uh, you see that they're paying out for the dividend? Well, let's see. If they pay out eight percent, a dollar, it's going to be about a dollar fifty or so out of a dollar ninety-two. So it's a little on little on the high side, but very doable, and the cash flow is much stronger than that. So I don't think they're in a danger of lowering that dividend. One of the questions we had and were worried about was that they, they bought some companies and their debt increased. And that always worries me a little bit when the debt is pretty high. But I still think it's a good, solid company. I really do. If, Appreciate the call, Bill. You Thank you. A, BGS. You a small position yeah. in this and you wanted to add to it, you know, the, the stock's been down a little bit. Would you say this is a good point to add to it, your position? If you if you want to add to it, yeah, I don't think I don't think I would, but if you wanted to, this would be the price. Okay, appreciate it. Eight 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 ninety nine. Oh, everybody, we're out of time. Can't don't have enough time to take another call. Oh well. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I hope you'll return to, to the program tomorrow. We'll be here. I'll be here. You can ask all your financial questions you want. Have a nice evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.